Okay. We need her blood and her bone marrow, and we need it, you know, right now. She lived through the 1918 flu. She has survived cancer, and now she has tested positive and negative twice for COVID-19. Her name is Angelina Friedman. She's 102 years old. We need her blood and her bone marrow now. She moved to this country on a ship. (laughs) Her mother died on the way here. The other kids helped her survive until they ended up in New York with their dad living in Brooklyn. She's one of 11 children. She's the last surviving member of her immediate family. She has, of course, children. Um, she tested positive in March, and then she tested positive in October. She did have uh, some symptoms in October, a little fever, a little dry cough, but after a little bit, uh, negative. So we need blood and bone marrow right now. I'm sorry, Angelina. I love you, but it's for the greater good. We need all your blood and we need all your bone marrow. And I know, I know what it means and we love you, but that's just for the greater good. It's the way it is. It's all about the greater good, right? Right. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I told you it was the only way out of it, and I am proven correct. Warner Brothers announced that their 2021 slate of releases, including all their high-profile films, Dune, The Matrix 4, is going to be on the streaming platform HBO Max. They're going to release 17 films, to U.S. subscribers of HBO Max at the same time that they're released in cinemas. They'll be available to watch for a month at no extra charge, and then the film will still receive a standard theatrical release. Hello. Now, Warner Media, we are living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions. Thank you. And I appreciate the CEO of Warner Media listening to Chewing the Fat. I'm here for you. I got more ideas. Call me. Don't wait around for the podcast. I mean, I appreciate the subscription, but there's no need for you to, you know, wait around. Just call me. It's all good. I'm here for you. I mean, I know that you, you know, you signed the new big deal where with that was rival. That was universal, though. That wasn't you, Warner. I know you looked at that deal and went, wait, what? Now, remember, Universal signed the deal with the U.S. exhibitors to show their films for 17 days before the digital release. But that was also, um, if it's, if it's made, I think 50 million or something like that, then it sticks around for the 30 day window. And then, uh, also there was no mention of what movies get delegated for just strictly streaming release, but they're giving the movie theaters a cut of that as well. So instead of doing that, Warner cut the deal with HBO Max. We'll just release it. So while it's not free, you have to subscribe to HBO Max. And HBO says that they have, I think, 9 million people that have signed up for HBO Max, which is disappointing for them. But they have 28 million existing HBO users. Now, they claim that many of those uh, haven't activated their accounts. And their accounts come free with current plans. Now, in my house, we have we have one television that has HBO Max, and we have another TV that we get, uh, you know, through Hulu. We get HBO and HBO Max, but that's on Roku, and Roku doesn't have access to HBO Max. So eight, Roku and I think Fire Stick doesn't have HBO Max yet. What are you doing? We need to make that deal. Let's get that going. Somebody is, uh, somebody's dropped the ball and what else, what else have you got to do? (laughs) I mean, there's a pandemic going on, get to work. I think you know what I'm saying. A quick update on the telescope collapse in Puerto Rico. 
we talked about it yesterday and we talked about uh, if it was a coincidence that the monolith was removed in Utah and then we had the collapse <laughs> of the telescope and I you know asked you to decide for yourself but there's footage just released of the collapse of the telescope it is amazing footage so if you follow me on Twitter Facebook parlor Instagram Twitter is at Jeffy JFR Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor is Jeff Fisher Radio. I, I've tweeted that story out with the footage. You can watch it. It is incredible footage of the collapse of the telescope. And it's just, you know, kind of cool to watch it collapsing. You know, it's what we like to do as humans. Speaking of Facebook, I see where the Trump administration is now suing Facebook over allegations that the tech giant uh, discriminated against U.S. workers by creating a recruitment process that favored temporary visa holders. Now, this is from the Department of Justice, you know, the Trump administration. The complaint alleges that Facebook created a separate hiring process for temporary immigration status holders, such as the H-1B visa holders, and it also says that Facebook did not consider U.S. workers for more than 2,600 positions with an average salary of about $156,000 a year. Wow. It follows a two-year investigation, targets hiring practices between January 1st of 2018 and September 18th of 2019. Our message to workers is clear. If a company denies employment opportunities by illegally preferring temporary visa holders, the Department of Justice will hold them accountable. Our message to all employers, including those in the technology sector, is clear. You cannot illegally prefer to recruit, consider, or hire temporary visa holders over U.S. workers. Wow. Now, of course, Facebook disputes the allegations, but it can't comment on pending litigation. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, Facebook's got pretty deep pockets, but I don't think they have as deep a pockets as the U.S. government. So I'm going to try to get to as many stories as I can. I know it's Fat Pile Friday. There is always a huge amount of fat in the pile on the table on Fridays. I mean, the fat pile is there every day. I just try to you know, get the best of it for you Monday through Thursday and Friday. I just try to give you the headlines and the stories that are taking place. It's really impossible, but uh, I see where the justice department, speaking of the justice department going after Facebook, they also have a little busy has issued a new rule that could allow federal executions to take place by firing squad, electrocution, or poison gas starting on December 24th. Now, it's not clear whether any of these methods other than lethal injection are going to be used for the three executions scheduled in January after the new rule takes effect. But I will say that the news out of South Carolina says that officials can't obtain the execution drugs in time for the execution that's supposed to take place. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) no problem wait around till after december 24th and we'll take care of it for you you don't need to worry about obtaining the uh the state's usual injection protocol drugs okay no problem can't get those guess what you get to pick either a firing squad an electrocution or poison gas either way we're gonna put you down (laughs) i mean I kind of like that. I know I'm supposed to be against the death penalty. Oops, sorry. But I'm not. I really am not. And I know that it's a it's a big fight. And of course, I mean, the new, the possible new administration coming into office January 20th said he supports eliminating the federal death penalty. But I thought he had tried to expand it in earlier years. But that doesn't matter anymore. Gosh darn it, it's the new Biden administration And if he said he doesn't like it, well then, gosh darn it, he doesn't like it. But I find it fascinating that they got this done. And we talked about the other states too that are having trouble getting the 
getting the lethal injection drugs. And so, okay, no problem. Can't get the lethal injection drugs? No problem. We'll put you down another way. So the guy that wanted to dig up former President Warren Harding's body and have the DNA tested to prove that he was the grandson of the former president, uh, that was denied. A judge said, uh, no, he keeps getting turned down. He's been turned down a couple of times now where they say, no, you're not digging up the president. Sorry, not going to happen. Now, remember, he's the grandson of Harding because uh, the lady that had an affair with Warren that had the daughter uh, you know, he's pissed that his mother is nothing more than a footnote in the new museum. Well, you know, the family apparently was initially reluctant to accept the results because he took a an ancestry DNA test that linked him to the Harding descendants. And if you watch the show, the HBO show uh, Boardwalk, it has uh, it has a few shows where Harding is in there and his girlfriend is is staying in Atlantic city with the baby that throws it in there. But, uh, now the family is saying, Ooh, no, you're not digging up. You're not digging up, uh, the president and we've changed our mind. Uh, we're not going to dispute the lineage. Okay. Yeah. You know, no problem. Uh, you're the grandson and thereby you're our relative. So zip it. Okay. Take care. Have a nice day. Remember though, that they dug up Zachary Taylor, <laughs> the 12th president of the United States, by the way, in 1991 to resolve a theory that said he had died from poisoning. However, uh, the chief medical examiner said, nope, natural causes. Thank you. Have a nice day. But, uh, you know, the family finally for Warren Harding said, you know what? We're good. You're not digging them up. And okay, you're okay. You're part of the family. Good luck getting invited over for Christmas, though. Okay? Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots. Remember, he was involved in that sex sting at the massage parlor in Florida during the Super Bowl times at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa. And uh, he, had, he was done with it, right? His case was thrown out. He his, The charges were dropped against him. Uh, because the courts blocked the use of the video that allegedly shows him paying for sex. He had pleaded guilty, but issued a public apology for his actions. But the case got thrown out, and the uh, they couldn't use the video. And you know the police were pissed, right? Well, the two women who worked at the Orchids of the Asia Day Spa in Jupiter uh, previously reached deals. Uh, pled guilty to two misdemeanors. One pled guilty to eight counts of offering to commit prostitution. And the four women, uh, Kraft and two dozen other men were charged in the multi-county investigation of massage parlors that included the installation of video cameras in the Orchids of Asia lobby and rooms. <laughs> but those, they were thrown out of court, said, no, 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 no. Uh, those cameras installation uh, didn't sufficiently protect the privacy of innocent customers who received legal massages. An appeals court sided with the judge. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, the last, uh, the last, two uh women finally fin finished their deal right so they were fined uh five thousand one was fined a couple thousand they got community service and so that case is now done closed the prosecutor you know closed the case it's over they can't be happy with the outcome of all of that though uh, i don't know what all happened to the other you know 50 people that were involved but uh, it does seem that they didn't get the end game that they wanted. And I got it. There was just a, you know, it was only half of 50. Okay. About 25, 26 people, maybe 30 people involved. So we'll see that, you know, I don't know what all happened to them. They probably paid a fine and moved on. And they were happy that Robert Kraft was part of the crew. I'll tell you that. Because if I'm one of those other guys, I am happy that Robert Kraft attorneys were working on it saying, ooh, these cameras got to go. 
they were put in. Uh, what about the people that were there just getting regular massages? Their privacy was uh, was violated. You're right. <laughs> so you got to love that. Got to. Also, Bill Cosby back in the news. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has agreed to hear an appeal of the sexual assault conviction of Bill Cosby. I know. Still going on. The legal team claims that when the court allowed the testimony of reputed victims that were not part of the 2018 case against him, the resulting testimony was unfairly prejudicial to the comedian. I We talked about that. Of course it was. The five other women were not a party to the main case, but were allowed to air their claims in court that Cosby sexually assaulted them. And really, you know what else should have happened? And I don't know if it says it in the story here, but what else should have happened? I mean, Cosby's wife, Camille, man, she's called these five outside accusers, gold diggers and liars and no business testifying. And, uh, it's, it is unusual that the defendant has been repeatedly accused of engaging in sexual content. Uh, with these other women and they have these other people just show up and testify. They're not part of the case at all. We just show up and testify what a bad guy he is. So we'll see. Uh, but you know, remember part of this, all, you know, this all started again when there was, the case was f- filed away and locked up and sealed and supposed to be gone. Goodbye. And the, uh, the other judge said, nah, you could open it back up. Who cares? Open it back up. What? I mean, that was a surprise that they got away with that. But maybe this will, you know, they're going to want to try him again. That There's no way. But, I mean, you know they're going to say, Bill, go home. Go ahead. You've served some time. Your time's already been served. Get out of here. You know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. I didn't realize that the U.S. women's national soccer team was going through such suffering when they were, you know, when they're playing, they just reached a settlement in their discrimination lawsuit against us soccer. So they're going, the deal that they made, uh, they don't no longer have to play on artificial turf, uh, you know, like the men's team. And they're going to be guaranteed the same number of charter flights as the men's national team. I know. (laughs) You think to yourself, wow, did they have to suffer? So, now earlier this year, they threw out the demands for the equal pay. I mean, really, they've been paid more when you look, when you break down the numbers. But, you know, they're still crying that they haven't made equal pay. And they've overdue, uh, they need uh, equal working conditions. So this is how bad they had to suffer as a team. Okay. They had to play on artificial turf, which of course everyone knows is tougher on a player's body than natural grass. And that may be true, but in today's world, I don't know. Uh, I've been out on those turf fields and they're pretty darn nice. Anyway, uh, according to them, you, you know, it's tougher on a body than natural grass and the U S men, uh, only play on grass. So they want the same thing. But these two things here were, this is how horrible their life was, okay? Uh, They had to take more commercial flights (laughs) to games. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so thank God they have equal chartered flights uh, to games. And not only did they have to take more commercial flights, but they had to stay in hotels that they considered not as nice as the U.S. men's team. I know, I know you just, you know, you feel like no wonder they're mad because I mean, flying all over the world and playing soccer and staying in hotels. If they're, if you think that you should have been on a chartered flight and staying in a better hotel, then it's on equal conditions. Okay. And what this does though. You know, they do this settlement. What this does is it opens up the can of worms again for the equal pay stuff. And they don't make as much money as the men's soccer team. I know they're more successful, but they don't make as much money. Anyway, it's just, I didn't realize. And you, you now know how bad they had it. And you can, you know, you know now that their suffering is over. 
I need a drink of ice cold soda. Desperately. <sighs> so, so good. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not a subscriber, what are you doing? You're just a freeloader. Nobody likes a freeloader. You kidding me? Nobody likes a freeloader. You don't even like a freeloader. And yet, you're a freeloader right now. What you need to do is subscribe to the podcast, okay? Then, you become a freeloading subscriber. And everybody will like you again. As a freeloader, not so much. Freeloading subscriber, people like you, okay? So, let's make that happen. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat. It's available on a plethora of platforms like, I don't know, iTunes, I don't know, iHeartRadio. I don't know, Stitcher. Maybe Spotify. Of course it's on Spotify. And it's on, a, you know, just a, a whole list of other platforms that you may prefer over others. Go ahead and use them. If your platform allows you to rate and review, go ahead and rate and review it. Something like 20 stars, best podcast ever. And then you're done. You're good to go. And, uh, you know, like I have an interview coming up with the uh, World Almanac and Book of Facts with editor Sarah Jansen coming up later in the show. And if you're a freeloader, you won't hear it. I know. I know. Only freeloading subscribers get to hear, you know, extra stuff. So, all right. Now you know. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) if you're just a freeloader you probably feel as unequal as the women's national soccer team because it's almost like staying at a you know a lesser hotel if you're just a freeloader to the subscriber (laughs) so sad it really is you know the women's soccer team not the not the freeloading subscriber of chewing the fat duh And as long as you're busy subscribing, you might as well subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, same name. You can follow me on uh, social media, Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. And you know what also you can do? Uh, You know, while I joke around about being a freeloading subscriber, uh, Blaze TV. Now, what is important about the Blaze and Blaze TV and Blaze Podcast Network is you know, really, we believe in more voices, not less. And in today's world, just just look around. Just look up and look around a little bit. No matter where you're at, people are trying to silence voices everywhere. No, they, we don't want those people to speak. We don't want those people to speak. That it couldn't be farther from the truth here at The Blaze. More voices, not less. And to help in that, you could subscribe to Blaze TV. Now, if you go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, you can get a year's subscription with $30 off using the promo code Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y. And that's one of the things that helps keep this podcast free if you're a Blaze TV subscriber. And if you can't, I understand. I get it. But if you can... More voices, not less. So you can go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and use the promo code Jeffy and it'll get you $30 off for a year's subscription to Blaze TV. And that's a great deal and you'll be really happy you did. A couple of quick sports stories on Fat Pile Friday. The New Orleans Saints, the NFL football team, just find for a game that they played on November 8th against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They crushed the Buccaneers that night, by the way. But they were celebrating in the locker room without wearing face masks. And league officials has fined the team $500,000 and revoked a seventh-round draft pick. Wow. So they posted some videos on social media showing numerous players and head coach Sean Payton celebrating post-game in their locker room without masks. Unbelievable. The video circulated online, and of course, you know, the league saw them, and they got fi- uh, fined. 
the actions in the video with unmasked players in the locker room after the game uh, is unacceptable. Now they were they were also fined a while ago, right? Uh, they were fined uh, three hundred and fifty thousand. No, no, no. I take that back. Sean Payton was fined a hundred thousand dollars, and the team was fined 250000 So it was a total of 350000 for not wearing a face mask in a game in September. It was just, it's just incredible. I mean, they're just, they are clamping down on wearing masks. They're making, you know, we talked about the new rules that they have going on. And the guy, the one guy, the Raiders, uh, was fined too. Uh, big time. He got busted. Um, he tested uh, positive for COVID and they found evidence of that included uh, players not wearing masks or face shields, not adhering to social distancing on the sidelines, and uh, a person with knowledge of the league's investigation spoke under the condition of anonymity because he's not authorized to reveal details of the probe. But they found that <laughs> they found that the tackle had removed the electronic contact tracing device that players and staff members are required to wear as a tool for mitigating the spread. I find them 500 grand and stripped the stripped the franchise of a sixth round draft pick and find head coach John Gruden 150,000. I, the NFL is, uh, out of control, out of control, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And congratulations to LeBron James. LeBron James, Contra, I know you love him. I know you do. And, and who doesn't? Who doesn't love LeBron James, right? He just signed a new deal, a new deal, two years, $85 million. <sighs> Contract extension for $85 million. Now, he could have taken a pay cut and helped the team with the cap. And so some other players could have been could have been paid more and they could have brought in uh, maybe an extra teammate to play with LeBron and help him uh, this next season. But no, that was something that was completely unacceptable. So LeBron signed the two-year extension for $85 million. The original contract gave him $41 million for the year. <laughs> And an option for the 2021-22 season. So, the uh, it's just a slightly higher than the $41,180,544 that he was going to make. You know. So, you can understand why he wouldn't want a pay cut. You know, for the team. I mean, because he hasn't made enough money in his life. It's all about LeBron. I can't take it. Good for him, though. Good for him. That's what, what, what makes America great. Right? Right. So I see where Michael J. Fox is retiring again, saying that he is severing ties with the world of acting. Uh, he said, you know, there's a time for everything, and the 12-hour workday and memorizing seven pages of dialogue is behind him. He's 59 now, and he has a new book out, um, No Time Like the Future, An Optimist Considers Mortality his fourth memoir and uh he considers the second retirement uh he said that could change because everything changes but probably not uh, he said this is probably his act end of his acting career and that's you know he's okay with it so i guess like he was diagnosed with parkinson's disease uh, a long long time ago now uh he was he's 59 now so 30 years ago uh, so he's been struggling with that for a long time, and that's a horrible disease. I actually had a family member that had that, and just watching the struggle that they went through was heartbreaking. But he recently started uh, noticing symptoms of memory loss, delusions, dementia, cognitive declines. Uh, wow. Just uh, amazing. He said that he... Uh, confused his twin daughters. He was searching for his car keys, despite the fact he no longer drives. He's looking for his car keys. And he also suffered a bad fall 
last year while he was filming a movie. And, and that was after they did surgery to remove a tumor on his spine. So he needs to, you know, slow down a little bit, I guess. I mean, it's very sad. I, I love Michael J. Fox, and I'm very sad to see that happen. And I, I don't wish dementia on anyone. I No one wants that, man. That's a scary, scary disease, let alone messing with Parkinson's and everything else that the man is struggling with. So I know that that's a struggle for him and his family, and I don't wish that on anyone. Then I uh, tagged up with that story as a story where he's talking about how Back to the Future premiere was ruined by sitting next to Princess Diana. <laughs> he said that sitting next to Princess Diana at the premiere of Back to the Future was a nightmare because he had to pee the entire evening. What are you talking about? You can't go pee with the, when the princess is there? Uh, he said, oh, it could have been the greatest night of my life. It was a nightmare, a pee-holding nightmare. Oh, wait a minute. So they sit him next to Princess Diana. Uh, I can't say anything to her and I can't walk away from her because I can't turn my back on her. Um, yeah, you can. She's a princess. Well, I know that you're Canadian, so maybe you still pay homage to the Royals, but guess what? Um, how about no, uh, Hey, princess Diana, thanks for coming to see my movie. And guess what? Uh, I had to meet a bunch of people before I came down here to sit down and I've got to use the restroom facility. I haven't been trained like you Royals to not pee for 80 hours. So I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. You take care now. You know, I was very sad to hear about the death of Walter Williams, Walter E. Williams. Uh, many of you may know him when he filled in or used to fill in for Rush from time to time. And he was awesome. I mean, he was just such a genius of a man. He was 84 years old and he had just taught a class on Tuesday at George Mason University. He was a distinguished professor of economics at George Mason University. And, of course, a longtime columnist and a longtime uh, believer in uh, um, capitalism and the free market. And his teachings were just incredible. But I always enjoyed him when he would fill in for Rush and he would talk about buying his wife <laughs> vacuum cleaners and oven mitts and i thought i do the same thing i love you and it's a it's a great loss it's a great loss to have someone the voice and the heart of walter e williams uh not with us anymore but his beliefs and videos and television shows will live on and hopefully they can be aired and people will learn a lot from this man, uh, even after his death, it was that was very sad. Uh, rest in peace, Walter E. Williams. That's a, he's a good man. He was a great man. And I also another person died uh, from COVID nineteen. They didn't. Uh, Walter didn't have COVID, um, although he may have. They may put it down as his cause of death, but he didn't have COVID. But the the creator of Slim Jim, Slim Jim, he died at ninety five. Lon Adams. So rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace, Lon Adams. Uh, this American snack, Slim Jim. I mean, come on now. That guy created an iconic product for America. The Slim Jim. Anyway, rest in peace, Lon Adams. So as California looks to lock down the state again, or at least, you know, have their stay at home orders. Uh, and they've already started to ban everything again. Um, and restrictive orders mandated. We saw the mayor of LA and the governor of California. They are all ready to lock it down again. Well, um, the restrictive orders mandated by the Los Angeles County department of public health, 
have now pushed it too far. Beverly Hills is looking to break away. They are pissed that they there's going to be a three-week ban on outdoor dining. So they're demanding that the L.A. County Board of Supervisors repeal the directive, which they say is not backed by scientific evidence and is damaging small businesses. Duh, uh, you think? But Beverly Hills is saying, um, we're going to break away from the agency. We want nothing to do with the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. In fact, we'll create our own Department of Public Health because we want to be able to dine outside. We want to be able to eat outside, okay? Nobody here wants to cook. We have beautiful kitchens. We have a lot of money, but we can't have our cooks over. And so we want restaurants to be open. And if we can't dine outside, what's going on? So we're just going to form the Beverly Hills Public Health Department, and we're going to make our own rules for combating the pandemic, okay? (laughs) 88 cities in L.A. County, the most populous in the nation, 10 million people residing in the territory, and there are other cities that are thinking about doing the same thing, and if Beverly Hills does it, which you know they're going to, and just the threat of them breaking away from that and them not getting the money, that Beverly Hills gives to the health department in Los Angeles County, uh, you know that they're going to get what they want or they break away. And other cities will go, hey, Beverly Hills could do it. Uh, So can we. (laughs) I mean, okay, it was the dining outside thing that finally the restaurants are starting to close and can't stay in business and and we want to be able to dine out that pushed him over the board over the limit. Okay. All right. Whatever. I'm with you. I am with you a hundred percent. So as of right now, as we're speaking, 65,471,832 coronavirus cases worldwide, 1,510,588 deaths. And according to this 45,327, 71 have recovered. Um, okay. Uh, I guess the other ones are still struggling. So in the USA, we have 14,500,509,226 total cases and 282,584 deaths. We're going to be over 300,000 very soon. And, uh, boy, we're, we'll be over 15 million it'll take us a little while to get to that other 500,000, but we'll be over 15 million cases, uh, real soon. And, uh, we gotta, you know, wear a mask and get the vaccine and stay indoors and social distance. My gosh, why do you hate people? (laughs) Just make smart choices. Can't we just tell people that? Can we just tell people make smart choices and make, keep your family safe and do what you have to do. Stop closing businesses down. Stop crushing the United States economy, please. And can we can we honestly say that China still only has 86,567 total cases? 72nd in the world with cases? Can we honestly say that that's a lie? Can we say, hey, that's a lie. What do you say? What do you say? We do that? Can we do that, please? That'd be great. I would love to just do that. Okay. I mean, we have one sociologist from China saying as long as 1.4 billion Chinese people eat, sleep, defecate, and urinate every day, we will drive the U.S. to its death. Okay. I mean, I know that later on he says uh, it's just a matter of time before China takes over the United States GDP. Oh, that's what you were talking about. You weren't talking about just crushing us with the military and going to war. You were talking about crushing us with the GDP. But this administration has got some sanctions that are starting to hurt a little bit. And so, man, they probably cannot wait for the new administration. Don't even... Oh, I don't even want to get started on that. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't even have brought that up. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I should not have even brought that up. I mean, we can talk about, um, you know, we can talk about the government getting the relief bill. No, $908 million. I mean, they didn't even do a trillion dollars for this relief bill that they're trying to pass through. Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. That's a, what are you doing? I mean, let's pick up the pace a little bit. I know it's a bipartisan group, but $908 billion coronavirus relief bill. They better get on it before the Christmas break. I'll tell you that. They better get on it. Whether it's more than a trillion or less than a trillion, there better be some relief coming from you because it's your fault that these businesses and people are out of work. So you better give them some money for it. There. I said it. Or something like that. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right, so we have uh, Sarah Jansen, the uh, editor of the World Almanac and Book of Facts, coming up in uh, a little bit. But I wanted to talk to you about a headline that I saw. There's a robot that's controlled by a computer that shackles you and holds you prisoner until you finish the push-ups. So the YouTuber, I made this, did a video and made his robot where it has a cutout for your ankles and you clamp shut and then you're trapped and the computer controlling the robot, uh, you tell it how many push-ups you want to do and then it has a camera and machine learning and, you know, uh, then after your push-ups, it unlocks you. And so, uh, this is, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, I guess kind of funny, but we're going to get a headline soon where we either find the YouTuber half dead because the computer didn't unlock his feet and he couldn't move. Someone will find him, uh, or he will finally be able to try to, you know, crawl out of his apartment in the shackles and he'll be, you know, bloodied by the way his feet are shackled because the computer wouldn't let it open. It'll be, <laughs> in fact, I think I want to see that because if you're inventing things that hold the people down to do exercises, okay, all right, enough now. Go develop something else, please. The World Almanac and Book of Facts 2021. Yes, it's out. Yes, you need to get it. Yes, we are talking to the executive editor, the big boss lady, Sarah Jansen. Sarah, welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Absolutely. So as I'm perusing through the uh, book of uh, the almanac, I have a couple of questions that I want to ask you outside of the almanac. So we'll get to the almanac and then we'll get to, uh, we'll get to some questions, a couple that I have outside of that. But, you know, as you go through and I start looking at all the chapters and all the stories and all the data and all the graphs, how long really did it take you to put it together? We start working on the next edition in basically December of the year before. So we, <laughs> we print the last pages in early November, and we're basically starting up again on production a couple of weeks later. We, wow, we do yeah. take a little bit of time off for Thanksgiving and whatnot, but we, we are paying attention to everything that's going in, on in the world all year long because that's how long it takes yeah. to put together a book that covers so many topics. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you're talking about, uh, I mean, this year, not much happened this year. Oh, yeah. Uneventful. Uh, there's, a, there's only a couple of things that, uh, you know, you could talk about, throw in the book, you know, just for laughs. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, you have the election and uh, which is, you know, really kind of still ongoing. I mean, we I guess we technically kind of know how it's going to end, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the, uh, the and again, we have the same thing with, uh, you know, with coronavirus, with COVID. Right. I mean, we can. You can talk about everything uh, surrounding it, but we don't necessarily have an end in sight. At least maybe we do with the vaccines. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, all the, I love all the charts and graphs and everything. Those, those fascinate me because so many of them jump out at you like, wow, that's, those are amazing. As you go through this and you break down, I mean, I don't know, a thousand, 2000 pages of the almanac. Um, what, what jumped out at you as the most, I don't know, the most incredible thing, I guess. I don't know if that's right, but the, the thing that jumped out at you and you went, wow, I, that, I'm glad that's in here. 
Oh, gosh, there are so many things like that every year. Um, I think the real challenge for 2020 was, as you said, we have these huge news stories um, with the election and the coronavirus pandemic that really just sort of percolate through so many different areas of, sure of the book, you know, in sports coverage and economics, in travel. We have this really insane looking uh, graph that shows just how much air travel dropped off so quickly yeah. in 2020. You know, there are so many things that, that, you know, the editors were able to take new data that really shows just how much the world has been changing this year. And I think they did a great job of keeping that current without letting it, you know, absorb the entirety of the book, because that would have been yeah. a very easy I mean, thing to it, do. It's a very easy to do. I mean, it's easy to do. Our, our lives have been, uh, you know, immersed in it, no matter what we do. It's true. It's I, I've been doing uh, this book in various iterations and in various roles for uh, a decade and a half. Wow. And I can't remember a story like this before being quite so consuming of everything and, and right. reverberating in so many different ways. So uh, um, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> that didn't answer my question. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite, your favorite story in this new almanac? This year's new almanac, 2021, 150 years. You've been working on it for just a, you know, a few years of that 150 years, a decade and a half, 15 years of the 150. This year, 2021, the World Almanac, what's your favorite story? Well, it is hard for me to pick favorites, but if you're if you're asking me to name just one, I have to say that one of our offbeat news stories this year just really tickled me on many different levels, and that was the offbeat news story that <laughs> was first reported on Reddit, of all places, where they discovered that the Scots language Wikipedia had been edited and written largely by a North Carolina teenager who didn't speak Scots. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those stories that just has everything, especially from the perspective of a reference book editor who cares very much about sourcing and, you know, reliable really data. Funny. And to, to find that out was certainly uh, just mind blowing, especially in a year with so much serious news. That's really funny. Where do you see, uh, do you, do you ever, when, as, you, as you're doing this, I mean, I, I realize that, you know, you're, you know, with, um, you know, most of these stories you're, you're documenting, you're not, uh, but you do get an idea of where things are going, you know, and I know that you look, the book has all kinds of facts and about the U S government and the history of the U S which many people in this country need now more than ever. <laughs> uh, so we throw that in there. That'd be kind of a nice little thing to maybe learn a little bit of that history. Um, but what's the main thing that you took away? You looked at it and you said, wow, that means that we're going down this road. Did you see any of that? You know, I can't say that I'm great at the prognostications. We, we sort of leave that to our friends at the Farmer's Almanac. They do some <laughs> of that for us. Um, but the World Almanac really is seeking to document all of the events of the past year and then also be a really great resource for questions in the upcoming year, in 2021, yeah. just as we say on the cover. Um, and that means whatever you might have a question about. So sports statistics, pop culture, uh, science, technology, we're trying to cover all of those things in addition to the harder news of the year. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I, my, my kids, you know, uh, you know, are huge. I just give them the almond here. Read it <laughs> tell me Stay what you're reading in there. Yeah, just tell me what you're reading in there. Go ahead, read that there. I, I love that very much. So, uh, Sarah Jansen from uh, the World Almanac 2021. As I was uh, looking at the uh, your bio here, it talks about. Uh, it says that you currently are uh, living in Brooklyn, New York. Is that still true? That is still true. Yes. How's it going? <laughs> How's it going, Sarah Jansen in Brooklyn, New York? It's been an interesting year, but I've got my husband and my dog, and we're doing okay. Okay. <laughs> now let's set aside the world almanac for a little bit. I just—it's been uh, I, really. Um, 
are you looking at New York thinking, you know, maybe we could move out of here? I am not at the moment. Um, you know, it was, it was definitely pretty interesting being here in the spring when uh, the crisis was really pre peaking here in the city. Um, but it's been actually kind of heartening to see neighbors come together and help and help each other. And I think, you know, the great thing about living in a walkable city is that you, you can walk to the park and uh, spend lots of time outdoors if you can't uh, get <laughs> do any indoor dining, that kind of thing. Um, certainly, I think that New York it has changed, but I think we'll uh, be back. Yeah. I think there will be back just as we have been after every other uh, crisis here. I hope that's true. I mean, I worked in New York for, you know, uh, a number of years and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the city but uh it was uh, so many of the pictures that i see and some of the many of the stories that we're getting uh make it seem like uh good luck god bless it feels like you're going back into another lockdown again <laughs> well we'll see what happens i mean we basically just wait to, to hear what the governor says or the mayor Ugh. says and everyone has complaints on either side so. sarah, sarah get out take your dog hubby <laughs> get out that's all i'm saying just get out of new york the Almanac. You could do the Almanac anywhere. It's a world Almanac. <laughs> we'll, we'll be staying here at least until our lease is uh, done. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm, not, no, I'm sure they'll let you off. Don't worry about it. That, they're making all kinds of money, those landlords. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So the World Almanac, uh, the Book of Facts 2021, Sarah Jansen, uh, the most important takeaway from the book this year, and then I'll let you run back to the Brooklyn Parks. <laughs> well, I think one thing that people should know about the World Almanac every year, is, but especially this year, is that we pay a lot of attention to authoritative sourcing, to getting the facts right. We spend a lot of money on fact checking and you'll find in almost every table or chart we publish a line that tells you what our sources were so you can go back and look into the, the source material for ourselves. And I think particularly in a year such as this one, that's a really helpful thing to have. I think that people like to do investigating on their own and, and check out um, and do their own research. And I think that we can be a great tool for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. The World Almanac and Book of Facts 2021, available everywhere. Everywhere. Sarah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. 